Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. I am so excited about this. We have two amazing guests that are joining us this evening. We have Nurse Julia. She's an Atlanta-based family nurse practitioner who's passionate about health promotion and disease prevention, and she's also the founder of The Nurse Link, a social enterprise that connects current, future, and aspiring nurses for mentorship, networking, and empowerment. So she'll be joining us, as well as Everett Moss, the Paramurse. You guys have seen him on Instagram as well. Paramedic, registered nurse. He's in CRNA school. Like he's doing out, he's out there flight nursing and all that kind of stuff, saving people and helicopters and all kinds of stuff. So um, I want you guys to please welcome to the show Nurse Julia and Everett. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Hello. Good, good, good. So I'm so glad to have you guys on because I want, you guys are very well experienced. You've traveled, you know, you've been nurses for quite uh, some time now. And I want to talk to y'all about these high paying travel contracts. Okay. Let me just put that out there Um, because I'm seeing a lot of nurses out there. You know, you, you see the funny memes, you see the, you know, fanning themselves with the dollar, the hundred dollar bills and doing this in the next screen. They're like, Hair is like this all on the unit looking crazy. What are your thoughts on high paying travel contracts? Julia, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, for starters, I think my sentiment initially when the pandemic, um, you know, initially happened and they were recruiting nurses, my first thought was that, you know, nurses, we've always worked hard. We've always busted our butts. Um, for our patients, and we've always put ourselves at risk of exposure. So what we've been waiting on, you know, like it's about time. That was my initial sentiment. Like, hey, we're finally getting paid what we're worth, right? Um, so initially, I thought it was extremely a, a good thing. Um, and I was, you know, actually shocked to see just how well they were paying nurses, but I obviously wasn't complaining. <laughs> right. Okay. Everett, what do you think? What are your thoughts on these high paying travel contracts that are out there? Because I'll say this, there's, and I'll put the story in the chat box, guys. There was actually a nurse, I believe she actually is debt free. She's sharing her secrets. She paid over $67,000 off in debt by taking travel assignments. Wow. What do you think about that? So I, I agree with uh, Julia. I mean, my initial thoughts are if you're going to be home doing the same work for far less pay, if your circumstances allow, like Julia said, it's kind of what we've been waiting on. Um, if your circumstances are allowing for it um, and you are prepared mentally for what you're going into, mm-hmm. I think it was I think it's a phenomenal opportunity. Now, well, hold on, Ever. You said that you're prepared to go into. Mm-hmm. Now, so I've been a nurse for quite some time. I've been a uh, nursing instructor, part of leadership and 
So um, without saying exactly how long, well, I've been a nurse for 23 years. Let's just put it out there. I see a lot of people who want to become travel nurses who are like, don't even have that first job yet. Like, oh, I want to be a travel nurse. And as soon as that one year mark hits, they're ready to travel and do all these things. What would you say to, and either of you, what would you say to that nurse who's been a nurse for one year and sees that $10,000 travel contract and says, oh, I want to do that? What are your thoughts? Julia, go, go, you, you can go first. Um, honestly, I would uh, have to say to tread lightly. Uh, in full transparency, when I went to New York, it, it was my first travel assignment. And travel had always been something that I aspired to do, but never just got around to try and get out. Um, I have a ton of nurse uh, friends who are travel nurses, but me, myself, hadn't gone before the pandemic. Um, but as a uh, preceptor for over five years, that part of me says tread lightly because I know um, that transition, how important that is in the first one to three years for a nurse. Um, and so while it may be a great opportunity, uh, it might not be best for everyone. Obviously, some uh, new nurses advance or transition faster than others. And it really comes down to a, a personal choice and um, one of uh, true self-awareness and evaluation. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll jump on to that. Um, first off, pandemic nursing and travel nursing are two separate, two separate things. I mean, similar, but, but very separate. One of the things I told one of the travelers who was a new grad when he came to New York is, you know, he wanted to be there to help. And I asked him the question, well, do you, are you prepared to explain to a family uh, when they've lost a loved one of his inability to help? Um, so it's a lot to consider when you're going into this type of setting. Um, but again, pandemic nursing is different from travel nursing. In some cases, having a new grad was better than the alternative, which was nobody. Um, but it's a big, I mean, it's just, it's just one of them things none of us have experienced. So you definitely need the experience and you want to be comfortable when you're going into these settings. And there was no guarantee that they would be used in a tech capacity or a new grad capacity. Um, so are you ready for that? That's the question that the new grads have to ask themselves when they're going into these settings. So you raise a good point, and I'm glad you said this. So, y'all, there is a difference between travel nursing and what did you call it? You said pandemic. Pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. What are we calling it? Pande pandemic traveling. Yeah, yeah. pandemic traveling. Yeah. Okay. So two different things. Well, you know what? Some of these recruiters are very pushy. And I'm going to say this, and they make it seem like this, oh, it's all bells and whistles and, you know, it's all beautiful. And you're, well, I won't say it's all beautiful because we we're, we can see what we see on television, but, you know, they make it very, very attractive for you. And I don't know, I've, I've done travel assignments before, but I did this quite some time uh, ago and definitely not during pandemic. And I'll say this, I had worked at a, like a cardiothoracic ICU, a hard, really tough unit. And I was like, oh, no. I don't want to travel in the ICU. I'll travel and do tele or something else just because not every hospital is the same. You can work in ICU at this hospital, but that ICU might be equivalent to another hospital's tele or step down. So I, Julia, you said it best, tread lightly, definitely tread lightly because just because you work in ICU here doesn't mean your ICU is the same as this ICU. And then you add a layer of pandemic to it. You're going to be in the corner crying, ready to go. Like, I don't care how much you pay me. And I, there are times, and you guys agree with me or not, but there have been times, even at regular work, I'm like, oh no, not today. I don't care what y'all paying. I, I'm not coming in today. I'm tired. But not everybody thinks like that. So 
what would you say if someone is considering, let's say, you know what, I've been a nurse for two years. I know, you know, I've been at this one hospital for two years and I know, I know my stuff. Is this person ready to travel? What do you think? What would they need to know or do before they step foot into the travel world? Uh-huh. I think they would need to kind of assess, for one, the placement. Um, I think you made a really great point, which is that hospitals aren't made equally. Um, and some some nurses have the great um, opportunity, I'll say, to work at academic or teaching institutions, which make a huge difference when it comes to having protocols and even supplies and resources and uh, clinical nurse specialists at your disposal for um you know, in services and, you know, evidence-based practice. So all of those things really uh, make a difference in your actual training. Um, and like you said, if you're going into somewhere where maybe your training trumps, you know, the position to some extent or their level of care, then you may be okay. But if you've not maybe had the, you know, uh, opportunity to work in a hospital that trained you to that capacity and mm-hmm. you go there and they have, all of these standards that you can't necessarily acclimate to in a short time, then you may be in a bad situation. So I think first off understanding and doing some research, like, okay, where is is it that you want me to go? What's going to be expected of me? Does that, you know, uh, match up to what I've learned and what I know and what I could, you know, bring to the table. Okay. Very good. Now, Everett, let me ask this because usually when you do a travel contract, there's just like a little checklist one through five. What has been your experience? So it's kind of self-reported. What is what do I think my experience is? And I might be a new nurse like, you know what? I'm all fives because I just think that I'm that great. But then in the real world, I don't know that there's really inter-rater reliability when it comes to the one through five, because my five might really be, you know, Everett, your three or Julia, your two because of where you've worked. Everett, you mentioned that if you're a new grad, and I'm for all intents and purposes, I'm gonna say a new new nurse is someone with less two or less than two years of experience. I think I know we got some really advanced nurses who, you know, two years, but I'm just gonna just for now, because I think that's when you look at novice to expert Bennett, I believe that's what she looks at the new the new novice nurse as. You said that they may not be used in that capacity, that new nurse capacity, if they go on a travel assignment. So what do you do? What if you are that newer nurse and you just like, you know what? The money looks good. I signed. I'm here. Now what? Right. So that's why I make the distinction between travel and pandemic. You know, again, in pandemic, sometimes you just need someone there capable of watching a patient that's a step above a sitter or, you know, a tech or who have who had the training beyond that of a tech. So you would like to be in an area or capacity of that novice nurse, but it's, it's not optional in a pandemic all hands on deck and where you fall is where you fall. Um, and I, there was a lot of controversy about that when the pandemic traveling first started as people were being placed outside of the areas. But I think a lot of people misunderstood what this was. Um, with my background, I'm used to emergency management operations. And in those type of operations, sometimes you work outside of your norm. In travel nursing, as you mentioned, you do your rating and you end up working in your area of expertise or where you think you have expertise and you can decline an assignment if you get there and it's not what you expected in the pandemic we really didn't have that option you know if i if i had extra icu patients and i had nurses where i was full on the floor and i needed somebody to watch these icu patients and i got the nurses that were available none of us like it 
But that's again, when you're walking into a pandemic, you have to have that mindset that anything goes, you know, the rates aren't that way because it's going to be what you're used to. <laughs> it's exactly. not that way because it's going to be an easy day on the unit. Um, it's that way because they're expecting you to get an assignment and take it and deal with it. And so if you're not used to, if you're not comfortable taking care of patients, you still have to learn the charting system, the supplies, mm -hmm. the operations. Um, so when it goes back to what you were saying, when you're ready to travel, mm -hmm. if you still get patients that you're uncomfortable with on your home unit, then you may not need to go travel because that facility may see a totally different acuity level than you're used to. Um, mm -hmm. So you need to be comfortable within your own unit and even floating within your own hospital. If you're not comfortable floating within your own hospital, you probably don't need to travel. That's actually a good tip. And I'll say this before I took a travel assignment, I was the nurse that, so I worked in ICU and then I, I, I would be the first to float. Nobody ever likes to float. I'm like, no, I'll float. I'll float. And then I made friends on all the units. So I liked it. Right. Uh, more a social reason why I did it, but I also wanted to stay on my toes with the ever changing environments because it's not even just the, the patients that you're taking care of where the simplest things can get you stuck. Where's the med room? Where's the crash cart? You know, where's the, where's the tape? Like those little things can be barriers. So you could have a, a rock awesome nurse, but just even those little things. So I know that in my experience, I've learned to ask as soon as I go to unit, okay, where's the crash cart? Where's the supply room? Where's the med room? Where's the bathroom? That's all I, that's all I need to know. All those are the rooms. And then the nursing care I could do, but Everett, you also made a good point about if you have, if you're on your current unit and you're taking care of patients and you're still struggling there, what would you guys recommend for someone who wants to break through that and actually even see a different population? Because let's say you're on a stroke unit. You see strokes all day. You might see some other neurological things, but that's all that. But you want to travel. So how am I going to get that experience under my belt? I mean, you mentioned floating, but should I ask to be cross-trained? To another unit, what what would you guys suggest? I think that, um, like you said, how you would travel to other units and meet people. Um, networking is huge for our industry, and if if people haven't realized that, then you you haven't been paying attention. But going to other units, uh, when I was at one particular facility, I was considering going to another unit, so I called or introduced myself to the manager and asked to shadow one of their nurses on their units. Um, and when you're inside your own facility, it's a little bit easier to pick up a shadow shift or an orientation shift in another unit so that you can start to learn those operations. But uh, you mentioned cross-training. Cross-training is is definitely what you need to do, in my opinion, if you want to start traveling. It's a way to break through that um, those barriers, uh, get outside of that comfort zone, start seeing different equipment used in different ways, uh, because if you've been, if anybody's been nursing long enough, you know that there's a different way to do certain things uh, that you may not have ever learned if you were only on your unit. Now, do certifications help? What are your What are your thoughts on getting certifications? Is that a if I let's say I try to flow, but they just float me to a truly sister unit, and I'm not getting that experience. Would it help if I tried to get a certification? Will that knowledge help prepare me for travel nursing, Julia? What are your thoughts? I think. Um, it will help, you know, prepare you as a better nurse. But if you don't have the opportunity to um, apply that certification or have that hands-on experience with those patients, then I would say no. Um, it's kind of like having your CPR card, but 
you know, you really don't know if you know how to uh, do compressions and real CPR or effective CPR until it's time to do it, right? Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> everything. Kind of along the lines of that. But, you know, like Everett said, cross-training, you know, lots of times, you know, on your unit, even if you're in a specialty, you may get a patient who, because you have a bed, you know, not your typical patient, you know, look for opportunities to, you know, take those patients or heavier assignments just to kind of gauge um, where you're where you're at. We have the Paramurse Everett and we have Nurse Julia here with us giving us all the tea, the tips that you need to prepare yourself to travel. So I've heard floats, cross train, certifications, helpful, but you still need the hands on experience and networking. OK, so let's say I've gotten that down. I've done some of those things. OK, I'm ready. I'm ready to do travel nursing. But as ever pointed out, this isn't travel nursing. This is pandemic nursing. How does anyone really prepare for a pandemic? Because, I mean, ever let's see, you're, you know, you have a background of paramedic, flight nursing, like all of those things. So I know you know how, it's like a battlefield. I, I don't know. In, in my mentality, working in the ER is like a battlefield sometimes, and especially now. I don't know that I would have been able to do that. As a, as a newer nurse without that ER experience. I mean, how does someone roll into situations that are like, you know, your resources are low, you're out of ratio. And by the way, I believe California is the only state that has mandated ratios. That's out the water, just so you know. Don't think oh, I'm gonna come to California and I got these nice ratios. In emergency, that's out the window. But let's say I'm from California. ICU, two patients, tele, tele unit, four patients, maybe med surge, top is five. I go to another state in the ICU. There was a gentleman on, on Instagram, and I, for, I forget his name, but he was an ICU nurse, came from California, went to New York, had five ICU patients. What do you do with that? What do you do? The best you can. <laughs> I mean, in, in, in pandemic nursing, um, you know, you can say, oh, well, I'm, I, this is not what I'm used to. This is what I do back home. Again, this is a pandemic, people. I'm not telling you to be unsafe. I'm not telling you to uh, just accept anything. But I am telling you that this is a pandemic. And if you're not watching them, I mean, if everybody on the unit has five, um, you, I mean, I don't I would hope you all would collectively decide that you're going to only watch these two or three. Um, I mean, it is truly a pandemic nurse. And so I'm just doing the best I can. And I got asked that question when I was on my way to New York. You know, what if you have eight patients? I'll take care of them one at a time. <laughs> I mean, that's that's all you can do if I have eight patients. But if it's not me, then who? And that's it's, with this, it's more of a mentality. It's not anything you learned in the books. It's not anything the state has has told you about um, because none of us have done this before. So you have to have the mentality that I'm truly going here. Sure, I'm going, I'm getting paid to go, but I'm going here to help. And if I'm not here to help, then why am I going? You you raised some good points. And I'll say this. We've had some nurses. Um, uh, let's see, we have Allison. If you're in Florida, you only get two ICU patients, medical, surgical. I have seen people have six patients. Yeah. That's I think wow. that's, I think that's normal. I think that I, I'm, I'm assuming that that's normal because if, if a pandemic hit that same hospital right now, like you said earlier, that's out the window. I mean, you don't have a choice. If I have five of my nurses out with COVID and, you know, now the hospital is full and only three showed up to work, that ratio oh. has to change, you know? Yes. And l let me also talk about this. And thank you for helping us uh, transition the conversation. So you guys made, you made a good point. 
you do the best that you can do. So have some grace for yourself, right? You're only one person. You can only do what you can do. Okay, I'll get that. But sometimes in these work conditions, you know, when, when you're overworked, understaffed, and you can sometimes feel rushed because of the, those environmental things, you can feel rushed. And when, we're, when we rush, we know that that increases opportunities for mistakes. So possibly, you know, did you really wash your hands the way you're supposed to? Did you really, that mask, you know, all those type of things. You're entering into units that are full of patients who are suffering from COVID-19. I have, we actually had another guest who was supposed to join us this evening and she was a travel nurse and she actually got COVID from a travel assignment. She wasn't well enough to be with us. So we're going to, we're going to wish her well, but there are these high paying contracts. Some of these work conditions are really beyond what you're normally used to. And you run the risk of exposing yourselves in these environments. I mean, is it really still worth it? Is it still worth the $10,000 uh, travel assignment? For me, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, for me, it, I say it, it still is worth it only because at my home hospital would have potentially been experiencing the same workload, uh, would have potentially still been exposed to the same degree of exposure. Um, and I actually came back positive from one of the travel assignments. I was I'm one of those asymptomatic folks. So. Um, I didn't even know if I hadn't taken the test. Um, but for me and my circumstance, it was still worth it simply because I would have been doing the same type of work if I was here at home. Okay. So you might as well. You're going to have to do the work anyway. So you might as well get the higher salary for that. Okay. So I, I can see that point. Julia, what do you say to that? Um, I have to agree with that 100%. Initially, when. Um, at the time that I decided to go and help out on my uh, unit, my background is team onc, and I was working uh, as a nurse practitioner um, in hospital, you know, in the hospital setting. And initially all of the patients, you know, we weren't doing any transplants uh, and we're trying to keep patients out, but eventually the COVID patients started trickling in. The census was low, which is why I decided to go because I felt I could better use, you know, um, my services elsewhere um, since our census was low. But at the point that the COVID patients did start coming in, it became inevitable that all nurses everywhere, you know, the peak initially was in New York, but, you know, we all may face it at some point. And as we can see, that's gone on to happen. We've gone on to see numbers increase everywhere and hot spots pop up everywhere as well. So I have to mirror uh, Everett's sentiment on that. Now, let me just ask this question. So Everett, I'm glad that you've recovered and you didn't have any, didn't sound like you had any true issues from COVID other than testing positive because you were asymptomatic. Now, but not everyone's going to be as lucky as you are. And I'll say this here in Cali Southern California, our ICO capacity is zero. Like beds are full. Like they got overflow. The other day I was, they floated me to the PEDS unit. And I'm like, hey, what am I doing in the PEDS unit? I get there, it's all adults. So I'm like, okay. So it's just full, right? It's super, super full. But if you're going to roll the dice and go for this high paying assignment, is that something that you should talk to your family about first before you do it? Or I mean, like, are there certain conversations you should have before you actually say yes to the recruiter? Absolutely. Um, and I, I obviously can't speak on this in any great detail, but um, I know for a fact that there were several, unfor unfortunately, several, um, you know, nurses who had traveled to New York who didn't make it back home to their families. 
Um, and so I think, yes, that's definitely a conversation that you need to have with your loved ones because, you know, it, it, no different than if you were working, obviously, you know, at a home unit, but still, you know, we put ourselves at risk. You know, that's what we've always done. And unfortunately, it can have detrimental consequences. So, yes, conversations with family and friends and mm -hmm. anyone that you love or care about is necessary. I'm going to say the same. You know, I sat down, um, I talked to my wife first, um, then I told my kids. And, you know, they were all, I mean, they kind of used to me doing, I guess, dangerous things. You know, I was a firefighter and on a helicopter. So that part, I guess they're kind of used to, but I had never been away from home this long. Um, mm -hmm. and this last time, <laughs> my mother actually cried when I told her I was going back again. So, I mean, it's, you, you need to have a conversation just so that everybody is aware. Uh, and then you have to make a decision as to whether or not, you know, everybody's going to be comfortable with it. All right. I, I put this comment up from Courtney. She said, ask about paid COVID time off and when, when taking a contract, also ask about obtaining the COVID vaccine. So in your travel assignments, I mean, the COVID vaccine is new now, but are travel agencies offering COVID vaccine to their staff that are traveling? And do they, I imagine, I don't know about this paid COVID time off. Uh, well, let me ask, maybe it's, if you get COVID on a travel assignment, does the travel agency comp you again somehow or is that part of the well you took the ten thousand that's on you for for me um when i when i came back with COVID, I, i've heard that it's changed i have not read that in right or read that myself uh -huh. uh, but when i got back i went straight to a hotel to quarantine until i test um and when i found out i was positive i actually got in touch with the travel agency and let them know hey i went straight to a hotel that was the last place that I was. The only thing that I've done is go test and I'm positive. Um, so I got paid for my uh, quarantine time and my hotel stay. Again, I've heard that that's changed. I'm not certain, um, but that's that was the case for me. Um, and what was the other question? Um, COVID oh, vaccine. Yeah, the vaccine, uh, where I was, they, they wanted you to be there for 21 days um, or 28 days, should I say if you got the vaccine so that you can get both doses there. Um, but I know a few people who got the first dose and then they're hoping to get the second dose back home. Um, not sure how that affects everything, but oh. you know, I don't, I don't, in my personal opinion, like you said earlier, if nurses was rolling this out, it'd be a little bit different. Yes. I think you should be able to get the first dose wherever you are and get the next dose back home. I mean, especially if you're traveling for the pandemic. You know what? You raise a good point, and I didn't even think of that. What do we do for our staff, our folks that are remote moving around? You know, will if you get it at one site because they do want you to come back to that place to get it again. That's interesting, but I'm sure a nurse is going to figure this out for everybody. You know, right. how we do. now there was another question. Someone said, "Do you know of anyone because of these high-paying travel contracts?" Some people were like, "Oh, I quit. I'm out. Deuces. I'm going to get like leave their employer straight out." sometimes not even two week notice travel assignment comes through like, Oh, they liked you. Can you start next week? And they've chucked the deuces to their current employer who's still suffering from COVID-19. So wherever you go, it's like Rob Peter to pay Paul. Somebody's going to be left, but do you all know of nurses? And what do you say to nurses who are contemplating just chucking the deuces last minute and leaving? I think it's something to really consider um, for me, I was on contract at my hospital and I kind of did the math. Um, I had a, a, like maybe four or five weeks left on my contract. 
um, before I would be, um, you know, before I would have to renew if I wanted to. So for me, I was already in a position where it gave me the flexibility to make a call like that and, you know, decide to choose to go to New York to help out um, in a different area. Um, however, yes, like you mentioned, lots of nurses used um, PTO to go. I had friends in different areas that were telling me that they were seeing some of their colleagues from <laughs> from other hospitals uh, kind of popping up there. And they're like, hey, you know, you were sick. Wait a minute. How are you? That, that type of thing. Um, and then I, I even I knew people who said they asked their employer if they could go and help out with the pandemic. And the many employers I heard um, from the, you know, because they were I think Everett, maybe you can better help me. Um, but I think it was we had it was the upwards of maybe fifteen thousand plus nurses from all over the country. So you heard all kinds of stories, but I heard both. Many people literally thought that because they were trying to do a good thing and go and help out in the pandemic, that their uh, uh, manager would be welcoming and supportive and say, "Hey, go go and help." And no, there were horror stories where they're like, "Okay, if you go, we know you're there and you're done." I think I met some person who was saying that their uh, manager kind of threatened to call the board of nursing for abandonment. I, I mean, I, I heard some of everything. And then I even heard of some managers who said, you know what, right now our census is low go, you know, you have a place to come back to. So I, it really just kind of depends. I've heard it all. Um, but if you're in a position where um, you don't have a lot of options and what I mean by that is that maybe you're someone with limited experience or say you're in a hospital system, for example, here in Georgia, Emory is a huge hospital system and it used to be before a lot of their areas merged together, you had all of these options, but now, you know, you may want to think twice before leaving a huge hospital system because you may not oh, yeah. go down the street and, and, you know, get another job so easily. So it re just really comes down to, um, again, the, you know, those personal choices, you know, how much experience, how comfortable you are, because I know people who, um, who went to help out in New York and they had limited experience, but now they've kind of been thrust into the travel nursing area because there's no going back. You didn't even have a year of experience before you left. So now you're kind of out there, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I, I think it just, like I said, comes into that, that personal um, choice and, you know, the chips have to fall where they may, you know? Exactly. So, which raises another question, because since we're in pandemic status, you know, all the rules are, are, we're making them, but we go. Let's just say that. Can you grads travel nurse? Did we, I mean, we're desperate. We need somebody who knows how to check a pulse, do a blood pressure, <laughs> give a pill. If, you know, because initially I think um, they were looking to what allow nursing students and even med students temporary licenses. So I think if the, if the climate uh, got or gets desperate enough I think Everett made the point earlier that they'll use you where they can, so to speak. So I, mean, I think it, the climate would just maybe have to call for it, you know, be bad yeah. enough where it made sense. I'd say the simple answer is yes, you know, they can travel <laughs> nurse. But just like we learned so much about delegation in nursing school, mm -hmm. uh, you have to be willing to know what you can and can't do. If you decide you want to travel nurse in this pandemic and you find yourself in a situation that um, you're potentially going to cause more harm than good, then you got to be willing to walk away. I mean, how important is the check to you? Um, so that's the only thing that I would say. If you find yourself where you're a new grad and they said they were going to use you at a nursing home, um, but then you find yourself with a patient load in the ICU, mm. um, mm, I, I, I would hope that you would be responsible enough to say, hey, look, I can't do this. And if that means you got to go home, then you got to go home. 
Exactly. So being honest, rather be honest up and upfront versus potentially put yourself in a situation could you could harm someone else and jeopardize your license. And, you know, before we wrap up, I'm going to get to just a few more questions. Um, what is considered a travel nurse? How far away do you have to go to travel? Like what's I think it's 50 miles. Most agencies. For, so for contracted was anyways um okay. the, that's i'd say in addition to that it's, it's rate and stipend dependent you can travel nurse around the corner but your rate and your stipend may be less than if you were outside those 50 miles that's the that's been my experience if it's greater than 50 miles it would um come with this stipend or this lodging allowance but if it was within 50 miles you got the same pay rate, but you didn't get the mileage compensation or the lodging compensation. Okay. So these are all good things. Listen, do y'all have a travel nursing book or something on this? Because these are some really great tips. I wish we could like put all these together because I don't know that there's a, a, a pandemic nursing guide, a survival guide. Listen, go ahead. When y'all put it together. Listen, you know what? Let me put one together real quick. There's a few things. There's a few things that I that I've been working on. Just keep keep following the paramours. <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. So this has been a great conversation. I kept you way over than the time that I you guys I asked them for only 20 minutes. I kept them way longer than that, but this was such great information. So I'm glad they have been able to stay with us. Now, Julia and Ever, before you go, could you please tell us and our viewers where they can follow you, what you're working on, and how we can best support you? So Julia, ladies, first we'll go with you. Gotcha. You guys can follow me um, at the nurse link or my um, organization page, or excuse me, follow me at the nurse Julia or my organization's page at the nurse link. Um, and I look forward to connecting with you guys. Um, coming soon, I'm going to be doing uh, more mentoring myself uh, and coaching. So I'll be sharing that information on my IG this week. So stay tuned. Oh, good, because some of this is, going. I'm sure they're going to funnel, they got the, some tea and tips here. They're like, oh, let's see what Nurse Julie has to say. Now, Everett, you gave us a little bit of a spoiler alert. I think you started saying keep following you because some of these things are coming. So tell us more about where we can follow you and what you got coming down the pipeline. Um, So right now, primarily, uh, you can follow me at, on Instagram at the underscore Paramers. Um, right now, being in school, a lot of stuff is kind of dependent upon how, how uh, heavy my school load is. But there's a lot of things I'm working on when it comes to, like Julia said, mentoring, coaching, um, a couple books in the works. Check me out on the underscore Paramers on Instagram. Okay. Ever, you're, you're in school. So right. um, kudos to you for going to school because it sounds like you've done travel nursing and you're in school and you're working on all of these other things, trying to, and family. And family. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, school, I, I've taken a, I've taken a step back from a lot of it um, when school started, because, you know, for anybody who knows CRNA school, of course, is full time, um, not with without the option to go part time. Um, and as I continue to go along, my load will get heavier, you know, once we get into clinicals and class, which will happen in the summertime. So uh, I just got off my last or my last real break is about to end. And until August 2023, I'll be tied up. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, well, good luck with you in school. We definitely could use more uh, CRNAs. You guys play a, a very, very important role. And for those of you who are watching, you're like, what's a CRNA? Do you want to explain that to them, Everett? Uh, so a certified registered nurse anesthetist, um, the new popular name or newer popular name is nurse anesthesiologist. Very controversial. Um, but 
you know, anesthesia is what we do and it's, um, we are nurses and yeah, that's, that's the short version of, uh, what a CRNA is. We basically are the, they're the ones to, you know, take care of you hemodynamically throughout operations, um, and also other advanced procedures that we do as well. Okay. So definitely an advanced practice nurse role and nurse Julia, you are a family nurse practitioner, uh, definitely an advanced practice nurse role. I am a clinical nurse specialist and a family nurse practitioner, advanced practice nurse role. Look at all this magic. I love it. So if anybody who's watching, please make sure to follow Everett, to follow uh, nurse Julia and to follow me. We, we definitely have, are happy to share. Oh, look, I'm just throwing them out there. They are too. And they are because otherwise they wouldn't have been on here this evening, you know, giving of their time, sharing their experience, their resources and knowledge. So we appreciate you very much. And we definitely will be following, liking, buying all of the products y'all put out, put out there. So I want to thank you, Julia. And you know, Everett, I'm like, do I call you Paramers or do you call, call you Everett? You I call okay. <laughs> Either or. So y'all, y'all call, y'all call them both. I just wanted to make sure. Um, but follow them on social media. Check out their websites. Follow them. Um, they'll have some great tips and tools on their pages. And just want to support you guys. And thank you so much for the service that you guys are doing. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.